is Short-Term Rental Management, the show that is all about short-term rental property management with your host, yours truly, Luke Carl. There you are. Look at you. Look at you. Let me gaze upon wow. you. Uh, my friend, uh, uh, well, hold on. This is going to be a long intro. And, I, and the reason I uh, started it that way is because I know you're a Stern fan. Um, but anyway, uh, so and a Baba Booey to, to you. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, this is uh, a very close friend of mine for quite some time. Uh, long, long, way longer than we've been in, well, at least, but I've been in real estate. I didn't even know that uh, one another was in real estate when we first met. A um, lot, lot in common, biker, long hair, rock and roller, and okay. badass extraordinaire, Mr. Pavan. How you doing, brother? Good to see you, my friend. I think life is good. It's a little weird because we talk on a regular basis, uh, you know, almost every day, which I enjoy. I, I, I do consider you to be one of my five uh, because, you know, they say uh, your five closest uh, friend, you're like the average of your five closest humans, right? And uh, I'd like to think you're one of my five. Um, and, uh, and I'm not giving, I'm not going to let you give me up. So if anybody else is trying to squeeze in on you, uh, you'd have to get rid of me and that's not going to happen. I got you, boo. We're good. <laughs> so anyway, you've, uh, you've been on Avery's show, uh, yes. although you do remain a bit elusive in the world, which, uh, which is probably a good thing, but tell us a little bit about yourself. I actually don't even know how many doors you're up to right now. So, uh, give us a little rundown of your, uh, real estate career. So we're up to 30 short-term doors at the moment. We're pregnant with one more coming online, being delivered at the end of February. So I'm all in a short-term rentals. I've 1031 to all my long-terms away. People tell me I'm crazy for going all in on one asset class, but I also feel like we're diversified because we have different markets. Um, we made it through hurricanes, we made it through fires, we made it through pandemic. So I'm feeling pretty confident in our strategy moving forward. And I know you and I talk about the whole long-term doors and getting into that, but for now, my system's working and I'm too lazy to change it. Yeah, I don't think it's the fact that you're only in at one asset class. It's the fact that you're only in short term that that uh, makes okay. me, you know what I mean? That that's like whoa, because I always preach, you know, six or seven of these things is is really where you want to be, uh, and after that, you you know, uh, you're going to drive yourself nuts with these reviews and things. But you're living proof that, uh, that that it can be done, and of course, you got a lot of systems in place. Let's talk about that briefly. Sure. Although today, I do want to the bulk of the show today. I think we, we're going to focus on. Um, uh, preparing for busy season because I know you're a systems guy. So, uh, but, but briefly let's talk about, it. I mean, how the hell do you do that? Uh, I know you retired from your, your quote unquote day job at a uh, young age, 40 late four, not even right. 46. 48. Or, 48 yeah. I left corporate America almost five years to this year. Actually this day, actually 23rd of January. Um, it's my five year anniversary of being free from corporate America. No more W2 um, for either of us. So it's been a, a been a great boon. Yeah, I remember. It seems like it was yesterday, honestly. Uh, and I always looked up to you. I'll tell that story briefly. So you and I, we met in the rock and roll world. Where you're both, you can't tell because he's, uh, well, he's either on uh, on your headphones or his hair's pulled back. Either way, you can't tell. Uh, he's a long hair and uh, a biker in the whole nine yards. And 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 Pavan know and I know each other from me from the rock and roll world. And uh, we were sitting at a bar. This was the way I remember it anyway. We were sitting at a bar in nashville and some for some reason we ended up talking about deadbolts and this was years and years ago like airbnb was new at the time really and uh 
And I was like, how the hell do you know? We were, I was talking about, uh, at the time, I think I was using a quick set. And he, you were like, yeah, I'm using this other dead ball. I'm like, wait a minute. And then it just clicked that, holy crap, I've got, I had cabins in the Smokies and you had uh, uh, vacation rentals on the beach. And so we had that in common on top of everything else. And it's been a, it's been a, a match made in heaven ever since. Um, I don't know if you remember it differently. We were drinking a lot. At the I time. remember a little differently because I remember we had this conversation like three times before that stuck to the third one. Okay. Yeah. I, I definitely have a memory issue. There was a lot of <laughs> booze involved too. A little bit. Uh, back in the day. But, uh, but yeah, so Pavon's, Pavon's OG, just to make it perfectly clear, this guy is OG. Uh, you, you've had vacation rentals, I think, since before Airbnb existed, have you not? Since 2011, we got into the game uh, as a hobby. And then, like I said, about five, six years ago, we decided to make a full run of that as a business. So, yeah, we started 2011 with our first beach condo in Siesta Key. It was supposed to be our retirement home. And uh, we realized that it was a great moneymaker. So we just kept growing and growing. And then by the time we left our W-2s, we were up to three condos on the beach and two cabins in the Smokies. So we had five five doors, and since the last five years, we've gone from five to thirty-one. So it's it's been fun. I'm enjoying it. I remain elusive because I don't like spending a lot of time on it. My plan my plan is to go play golf and play pickleball now, which is interesting. And um, get out in the boat and enjoy life. Which is another reason you're my hero is because I I you know, I'll tell Avery every, all the time. I'm like, man, why am I working so hard? I just want to be more like Pavon and and go enjoy stuff. So congratulations, you. You've done what everybody uh, on the internet is talking about wishing they were doing, but they're not actually doing it because they're too busy. Uh, I don't know what the hell they're busy doing, quite frankly, but uh, you're enjoying life and I, I admire that. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Now the retirement and the scaling, uh, were, were those, uh, you know, like you didn't retire with the idea of ending up buying 20 more properties, right? You oh, were retiring regardless. I was supposedly retiring and then like for real. And then when we um, moved out of Florida from Ohio and got settled, I had time. I had time to think. I had time to, you know, not stay out of the bar. I had to, I, some, something had to keep me out of the bars and out of the restaurants keep me getting fat. So, like, what do we do? Like, hey, this is pretty, this is working. And there's deals kept popping. So, we were like, hey, let, let, let's get into it. So, um, you know, so you, you introduced us to the Smokies. And we're like, this is a great opportunity. We love it there. We spent more time there. And we started seeing what's happening. And start growing little by little and then once as soon as the pandemic hit we freaked out and all of a sudden we're like let's buy and we bought eight units in 2021 and seven in 2022 um, so we started in 18 and kind of building from there well without getting into too many details here uh you know let's say i'm brand new and i don't have any money and i'm listening to this for the first time can you give us sort of a vague idea of where the capital comes from for all these things I mean, you, we've talked about this before. I've talked with Avery as well. You know, you can get partners, parents, HELOCs, um, savings. Obviously, um, we touched all of those different types of funding sources to be able to get the money to, to grow. And now it's to the point where they're buying themselves, right? So the prop, the business throws off enough profit that within one or two months, I can buy another unit if I find a good deal. So my criteria, my evaluation criteria has changed a bit as well over time. I was always focused on cash on cash return. I still look at that, but I'm also looking at getting a good deal and buying something with equity or something I can put equity into um, via doing some, you know, rolling up somebody else's sleeves and getting some work done and, and, and do some rehab. 
So in this market, in Smokies especially, it's been tough to find turnkey. So now we're looking at more distressed properties where we can go and add the value and then take the money out later. Uh, but make my, I'm going to come back to that. But make no mistake, you were uh, you were a hardworking gentleman in your working life, and and you did very well in life uh, to, to kind of kickstart this whole thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, well, we had a great W two job. My wife does all my office attorney. I was in marketing, so we had you know two two great jobs with a great company. Um, but when it was time to make the move, so we had a, a base already established. We had properties that were throwing off income as well. Like I said, we had we had five. Um, so our goal was to retire off of our um, rental income and we ended up to replace the W-2 income, which we did. And then since then we're at five or six X um, where we started. So it's, it's been a, it's been a fun ride. It's been a fun story and um, we're still growing. I'm not done yet. Um, people keep asking me, when are you done? I'm like, ah, I'm still young. <laughs> what, the hell was it? what was I that that I said I was going to come back to? I already forgot. What was that that I said I was going to come back to? funding sources uh no uh but anyway let's go let's cover that uh so um uh, uh as far as scaling have you ever considered let's slow down and maybe just start paying these off or do or, you know what i'm sure to, I, if you're like me you go back and forth on that it, you know right. I, one day i'm like i'm done i'm never buying another one i'm gonna start taking this money and paying it off oh actually i remember that other question um but i'll get back to that maybe mm -hmm. if i remember the second time uh should i start paying these off or, you know, and then the next day I'm like, screw it. I'm going to buy more. I'm still young, you know, right. still f relatively young, uh, maybe not compared to my wife, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep buying and, and you know, I kind of go back and forth. Uh, how do you, how do you handle that? How do you know when enough is enough? It's, you know, that's a great question. I ask myself that all the time, I have a push and pull internally. I started paying stuff down. Then I was like, oh, good deal. And then I'll go buy it. So I'm kind of, my strategy now is I have a reserve set for purchases and if I exceed that, I just start paying stuff down. And so when that reserve gets depleted, like I just bought two, um, we're closing two deals in two months. Now I'll start to save again for the next deal and slow down the, the, the payment. So we have other 31 units, I think six are completely paid off. Um, so I also feel like it's a good balance as well as a good hedge against if the world stops vacationing, I still have income coming in or I have less debt that I have to worry about servicing. So now, when you say that, I assume you're joking. Uh, because, yeah, yeah. Because uh, there are people out there maybe listening for the first time that uh, are worried about that. And uh, and I, I can't imagine that's something you're worried about. Uh, I'm not worried about that at all. That's why I'm all in on the all in on short-term rentals, man. Like we, I'm at the beach since 2011. We run 90% occupancy year round. We're at the Smokies since 2017, um, running 90 plus percent occupancy year round. Um, so even, like I said, even through pandemic, even through fraught fires, through hurricanes, I, whatever else the world wants to throw at it, throw at us, I'm pretty sure people will still want, people still want to go to the beach. They still want to go to the mountains um, and we have a great portfolio of, of properties to offer them. Uh, the reason you are, uh, well, many, many reasons you're a rock star at this, obviously, but, uh, your properties are small, right? That's like, that's your thing. And that's why the occupancy is so high. Is that calculated? I would assume. It is. That's true. My strategy has always been small, cater to the small couples, um, small families that want to get away. It's um, it helps keep our occupancy where I want it. Um, it's a little bit less worry about parties going on, uh, less wear and tear on the properties, even though they're in use quite a bit. Um, things don't tend to break as often as you do with the larger groups. And things, I mean, you have a large group, you have kids, 
things are going to break whether they need to or not. Like it's, there's a lot of a lot of bodies that are floating around, banging into each other. So things are going to get beat up. So I I prefer personally the smaller properties. They perform well. I might I have a couple of large ones. The, the one we just closed is a three bedroom in Smokies. We have a four bedroom in the Smokies. Um, that was a rehab. That was a good deal. The numbers on it aren't as great as I have a couple studios that are grossing in the 80s and 90s. So I, it, I can't beat that. Even though four bedrooms are going to do 100, 120, and the price purchase price is going to be, you know, 4X. Well, let's not everybody get excited because I can't do it. I can't do 80 grand on a studio. Uh, and I've been doing this a long time and, and I've got one studio and it, it does like, you know, 65, somewhere in that neighborhood. I'd have to look maybe 70, maybe. Although I'm remodeling it right now. So it's going to be uh it's going to be a love making machine when I get done with it. So, and that's, that's what it's all about, man. Especially with these little ones, it's all about doing it, you know? So, uh, <laughs> These are honeymoon situations, and and you got to have a little uh, a little love maker, you know. And and uh, and I know my my boy knows a little bit about that. Let's talk about uh. So now you're saying that the down payments just kind of happen. Um, right. how did you you know like explain that? How many properties did you need to get to? And is this, I assume it's like monopoly. Once you get enough properties, you just throw all that money in the pot, and the fire gets bigger and bigger, and then the properties buy the properties. Is that pretty much what you're saying? That's what I'm saying, brother. So we started like I said with the five properties at 18 or what is 17 we have from then on they've been buying themselves so it, it snowballs very very quickly even before that the first condo we bought was an 11 but the second one at 14 the second the third one at 17 um so it was like three years apart of saving profits to buy the next but after the third or fourth it really started to snowball very quickly um and it hasn't stopped and so like i said we're trying to figure out we, we, we've investigated other markets. We want to do other asset classes. Do we do long terms? Um, for now, as long as we can find deals or the markets we're in, this, like we touched, talked about earlier, the systems are in place. The teams are in place. It's super easy to plug in an incremental unit and move on with life. It's, it's pretty much zero extra work on my end to keep it going because once I plug in the price labs, once I plug into the housekeeping team and you know all the other tools, it's just like it's like everything else. So it's, it's it's I don't stress once the property's up and running. It's hardened. It's gone through you know three to ten guests. So all the issues, the kinks are ironed out. Then it's business as usual, and I can go back you know to my day job, which is not doing this <laughs> golf. Um, so what you're saying is you scale with my favorite method, the way I do it, uh, which is uh, uh, profits um, and patience. Like take the take the cash flow. And a little bit of time. I think that's the biggest mistake. And not mistake, but the when people first get into this, they're so shot out of a can. And I was the same way. And really, you know, real estate is get rich super freaking slow. Yep. You know? So um, it sounds like patience has been your best friend. Absolutely. I mean, it's been five years since we started this scaling, right? So that's not a short amount of time. So it took a while to get here. And even before that, 2011, when we, when we first really started. Yes. Yeah. You know, we're at 12 years in now. So we're finally to a place where I feel comfortable enough to let back. And I'm not also trying to squeeze every single dollar out of every single property, right? The, the reason I wanted to scale was to be able to have a little bit of um, play in there to be able to not have to be insanely laser focused on 100% occupancy. If I'm at 90 at a decent rate, I'm happy. So I don't have to worry about that squeezing out the last 10% out of 
30 properties. And if there's a hurricane, I have to refund, who cares, right? Um, I can, the system is built to absorb these ups and downs and seasonality, ups and downs and natural events, you know, freezes, snow in the mountains, things like that. So the whole point was let's just grow and let's, let's operate at 90%. Let's not be a hundred percent operator because we're going to kill ourselves and that's no fun. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, it's all about patience and, and really uh, you've been doing this not only okay so 12 years but you're an early adopter yeah. um so that really adds another 10 years you know what i mean the fact that you were first to the space really i mean nobody was like when you first started you probably weren't even using airbnb right i did actually in fact that you introduced me to airbnb i had one listing on there i wasn't doing anything and then when i met you you're like oh i'm killing on airbnb i'm like oh i gotta look into this shit because it's working so for this guy so um it was and i was madly in love with it and then you you and a few other folks that have been doing this a long time i've i've slowly you know i'm not let's not start an airbnb versus verbo thing but i've definitely come to uh appreciate verbo much more over the years maybe it's because i'm old now but uh but, but anyway let's talk about your systems uh before we get into into busy season here so uh i mean how many i would assume you have employees can you briefly kind of describe your employee structure who does what and how many people you have working for you yeah so we have five employees in the philippines that provide 24 7 365 coverage so they're the first level support to all the guest inquiries and guest follow-ups and questions we have five different housekeeping teams, two in Florida, three in the Smokies. Uh, I, I talked about the last podcast about having backups. So we have backups for backups. And then we have five different maintenance teams in the Smokies as well. They're all 1099 contractors. Um, and our our VAs, you know, our employees in the Philippines handle all interactions between guests, housekeeping, and maintenance. And they bring me in if there's something that, if it's something new, which is becoming rare, more, more rare these days, or something that costs a lot of money, they'll ask me. Otherwise, you know, I was in Key West last week for a week, put my phone away, I checked in the mornings, and then I let it ride for the rest of the day, and everything's being handled. It was a beautiful thing. Um, so they're fantastic. The training, I, I just listened to your podcast in the VAs. Training was critical. Um, and now they train each other, right? So there's five of them. If one leaves, a new one comes on. I, I don't have to train anymore. The v, current VAs train the new VA. So as long as I don't have complete staff turnover, I should be in good shape, you know, for the foreseeable future with my employees. So but having them, those employees on is critical to the business, but without them, I'd be dead, right? I mean, it wouldn't work. Uh, two, two things on that. Number one, uh, you, you have VA experience, correct? Like in your, in your former life, you, uh, you were, had very, a lot of experience with going overseas and, and such, correct? That's correct. Yeah. My old job, I had 70 ish employees in the Philippines and also some in India as well, um, uh, doing all sorts of work. I was, I was in marketing. So I had, you know, graphic designers, I had email marketers, I had a whole, a whole set of different skill sets, um, that I had to work with. I've, I've been to the Philippines. I met the people there. They're wonderful people. Um, and so I had, so I wasn't afraid to take that leap but when the time was right. And I, in fact, I wish I would have taken it earlier. Um, and I should have, I was just kind of, I was greedy. I don't want to spend the money. But now is the best dollar I've ever spent is getting our, our Philippine employees up to speed. And your lovely wife uh, plays a role in the organization as well, right? Uh, what, is, what does she do? Yep. So we had, we, had a, we had a work through, I think you guys mentioned before, you had some growing pains as far as running a business together. Um, and now we've got it 
dialed in pretty well. You know, I'm responsible for growth, um, acquisition. She's responsible. She's an attorney. She's responsible for protecting the house, right? So what do we have? How do we protect it? She keeps, she runs housekeeping in the, in the beach side. I run everything on the smoky side. Um, she also does a bookkeeping. She loves doing it. Um, so she has a pulse on the expense side of the business as well and, and the revenue coming in. Um, so we have a really good system set of responsibilities split up, but we don't step by, step on each other's toes and we share an office or desk is right over there. So um, we have office hours, you know, we don't, instead of yelling at each other, Hey honey, Hey honey, we, you know, we have a set amount of time where we talk about business and then we don't talk about it, you know, for the rest of the day, um, which also was becoming a problem at one point where it was all, that, was, that was all we would talk about. So we had to fix that. So we've had. Hold, you know, on, hold on, hold on. What are you talking about when you're not talking about business? Because uh, you know time. I don't have anything else to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it's always something to talk about. We talk about tennis. We talk about this. You know, like, how was your day? You know, we're, we're we're good. Love it. Now she is a lawyer and she handles the protection side. But you it, correct me if I'm wrong. You don't do rental agreements. Uh, I mean, maybe we shouldn't put that out there. But what's your rental agreement system? So we have we have rental agreements. We've created rental agreements for every single property. Um, they're in verbo. They're uploaded there. When we get a direct book, people sign the rental agreements. I don't do rental agreements at Airbnb. So for Airbnb, I'm trying to have as little friction as possible between the guest booking and their experience. So not even on your listing at all. No. Okay. I mean, there's the house rules, but there's no you know the rental agreements, eight pages long. Right. I have agreements like in Verbo, there's a space for them. You can upload them and people get them. Direct bookings, they sign them through Adobe Sign. Uh, for Airbnb, I don't send them out manually. Okay, direct bookings, what's your system? Uh, which, how are you doing that? So, direct booking, a lot, you know, the bulk of our bookings, we have two thirds of our bookings come through Airbnb. And people freak out sometimes about that. For me, as a marketer, um, I'm happy to outsource my marketing to them. Um, I have an Airbnb account manager. I met with them last week. Um, you know, they're becoming more and more host friendly. Um, so I'm not scared anymore of being kicked off Airbnb or of the bad reviews that you, know, you can be threatened with um, because of the policy changes. So um, I don't mind outsourcing my stuff to Airbnb, my, my, my marketing to Airbnb and for about direct booking. We do get a, a trickle amount there. I have spent a lot of time optimizing the site. It's, it's a lot of it's a repeat guests. So we get a ton, uh, probably 30% of our business in the beach is repeat. So they all book direct. And how, how, how are they, where's, how's the website uh, hosted? Is this an on-res thing or what software are you using? Oh, Guesty for hosts. Oh, Guesty for hosts. Oh. It's, it's very simple. It's a very simple uh, management software. Yep, it's simple software. It's, simple, it's a simple booking engine. You know, the website's not fancy. You can look up dates, get rates and pop in a promo code and, and book your vacation and everything's automated. So. How are you uh, supplying this to the guests? Uh, is it on the refrigerator at the unit or how, how do they find it? Yep, it's on the refrigerator in the unit. There's a promo code for a repeat guest discount, 5% repeat guest discount. Um, it's actually in our messaging as well. Um, you know, with the web, the website's at the bottom, our Facebook page is at the bottom of uh, all the messages that we send. So some people don't get it. They still book again through Airbnb, which is fine by me. Um, but but we do get a lot of return repeat hits from our messaging and from the, the fridge sign. And also we have signs outside of every property with our website. I have a big sign in Pigeon Forge on the parkway on one of our cabins, actually two of the cabins right behind the German place that you can actually see with our website. And I people people book. It's amazing. 
Interesting. And what percentage would you say comes from uh, from your website? About 10%. 10%. And that's direct. Uh, it's just a guesty for hosts, one click to create the website. Obviously, you tweak it once it's created, but right. it's an easy, simple thing. Easy. Yeah, I spent a day on it and it was done. And like I said, I could, I could spend more time submitting to search engines, optimizing, get hiring somebody to do SEO. Um, hasn't been a big focus of mine. We're 90% occupied, like I said, average. So it's working. Why spend the time? Well, I think you can't beat 90%. And I do agree about the Airbnb thing. I feel that we are, uh, I feel that in the, like in the past four, five, six months, really, I've noticed a difference where they're not really crapping on us as much as hosts. Um, and also the review thing. I, I mean, I agree. You can't, you can't be so freaking terrified. You're going to get a bad review every now and then. I've just finished a book this morning. As a matter of fact, they were talking about reviews, uh, in this book. Um, it was, uh, Everything is figure outable was the book. It's fantastic. I actually heard about it on Avery's podcast. And um, she mentioned in the book that uh, Harry Potter, uh, the original Harry Potter book has 12% one star reviews wow. uh, on, uh, on uh, Amazon or Kindle or something like that. And, um, and I think I heard from you, this is a direct quote from you. I think uh, even, even Abraham Lincoln doesn't have a hundred percent approval rating. Did I get that from you? I, I did say that. Yes. Where did you get that from? We're just going to give it, give you credit, but, uh, it's it's true. Good, it, it is true. I mean, it's true. You can't make all the people. Ha what is it? There's yeah. a song, uh, uh, whatever, make all the people happy all the time. Anyway. All right. Let's talk about the season. This episode is brought to you by the premier short-term rental Facebook group, short-term rental, long-term wealth. We have nearly 50,000 members. This is the biggest independently owned and operated SCR Facebook group, and it has been curated by yours truly, Cashflow Car. Join us on Facebook. Search the groups for short-term rental, long-term wealth. That's short-term rental, long-term wealth on Facebook. Uh, it's coming. It's coming. We're recording this in, uh, in February. Um, so it's not going to come out, you know, but we might be mid mid season or big mid spring by the time this comes out. But um, I think it's still timely and topical to, to talk about uh, first, let's cover what you've done thus far this winter, especially with all these units, uh, maybe give, give us an example of what we should prepare for. Uh, you know, what, what I should prepare, uh, maybe a noob should prepare for next winter because it's too late for this winter. That's long gone. Uh, but what did you do over the winter? And I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll throw some stuff I did in there as well, but you go ahead. Yeah. Just one thing I, I always hear people talk about, I want to be in a 12 month market, right? I don't want seasonality. Um, I want to, I want to stay booked year round, which we actually tend to stay booked year round, but there's always going to be a slow or low season, right? So um, in the mountains and Smokies, it's January, February is a slow season. Uh, and with a little bit of May and August, September is a little slower um, the beach where I am, at least in South Florida, uh, we have our slow season when school school gets out till about Thanksgiving. Um, so that's the time where we get our properties ready for the busy season. Because once you get busy, it's balls to the wall. There's no breaks. Um, if you didn't address an issue earlier, you're going to lose a lot of money by taking you know, out of service during high season versus taking it out of service in low season. So you have to one thing is block your property we always block at least a week or two minimum at every property during low season um just to refresh the property whether it's paint floors countertops just something you know appliances this and this year we learned heat tape right i had heat tape on plumbing underneath the cabin because it froze i had five cabins freeze 
Um, and they were frozen for four days. So now I have heat tape on there. I got a smart plug on there so I can turn it on and off manually. Um, I have a space heater down there in one of the crawl spaces where I put up heat tape on within the well house. So heating your keeping your pipes warm. So now I learned this year after five years of the smoke cheese. <laughs> It was freaking freezing. Yeah. And the right, right. So um hardening your hardening your properties, getting them ready for the season because they will get beat on and people start coming in and out constantly. Um we'll take the time. And with our snowbirds, it's really funny because we have people that have been coming to our condos for five, six years. Every single change I we make, they notice. It was, hey, I like the new microwave, or oh, I like the new paint colors, or oh, I like the new table you put in over here. So um, it's, it's also kind of nice from a guest experience perspective to keep your properties fresh and change something because your repeat guests will appreciate that and it, it keeps them coming back because they want to say, oh, what will they do? What will they do next time? Let's see. Um, so this is the time. Look at your right. Look at your rates. Um, get any rehab projects done. I know you guys talked about that earlier. Um, you know, we're doing, a, we're adding a bathroom, we're adding a shower in one of our uh, bathrooms right now to go from a three, one and a half to a three, two. So this is the time to, to take the to bite the bullet, to, uh, give up a little bit of revenue because it's a little bit compared to what it could be based on the improvement and based on the time of year where you're going to get that money back. Um, so getting ready for season um, is, is critical to be able to have take the time and do it right and even even give up weeks of service to be able to, to get the jobs done. Yeah, I'm I'm going through it right now. I'm rehabbing two houses. They were sort of uh, it was I kind of fell into these rehabs on these actually. Um, these were the last, basically the last two that I had not redone in recent past. And, um, one, it was the same, it was a very similar situation in both of them. I, I went to do new floors, um, and there was subfloor issues, like a lot of rot. Um, and one particular one, I didn't even know it was there. Um, it, it turned out the thresholds, uh, it's a beach house. So there's these big doors that go out to the outdoors there in uh, second floor and the thresholds had been leaking. Um, and it wasn't really getting to the hardwoods. Uh, now, looking back on it, there was a little spot there that I just never really cared about. Uh, but uh, underneath, it was rotted a little too much, like almost to the point where it's like uh, the first floor was going to get rained on, you know. Uh, but uh, so we had to rip all that out, all the subfloor, do all new subfloor, getting ready to to put the vinyl on top of that right now, as a matter of fact, to get it ready to go for, for busy season. Um, and the same thing in one of my cabins. I uh, that one was actually, I knew it was happening. I was trying to put it off though, uh, but it got to the point where it was too late and it just happened to be January at the time. So it was time. Um, and that's another, it was similar. I think you've even been to this house. It's one very small little Smoky Mountain cabin, uh, 600 square feet. And I had a leak uh, coming from the shower head. And so I, and I just had that shower redone um, previous slow season. And so I sent the guys over there, the guy that did the job, and uh, they opened up the wall behind the fridge, which is the opposite side of the wall. And uh, the showerhead was the, the 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 pipe going to the showerhead was cracked. So in other words, uh, back to the getting it on thing, somebody probably reached up and was holding onto the showerhead and uh, pulled a little <laughs> too hard, and uh, it was still functioning, but back in the wall it was leaking. And uh, it you know if you get a little leak like that, that's in sheetrock or in behind the tile. A lot of times you can't find that for a long time and until you get some sort of mold situation. And that's what happened to me. So we, we, uh, we got the leak fixed and then put it off until January. This was in the late fall when we found this. Um, and then, uh, 
basically just opened up that whole wall, took all the sheetrock off um, and fixed the issues. And then the subfloor came out. Uh, it had hardwoods, which that was heartbreaking because they were beautiful, but they were, you know, 25 years old. And uh, and because of all the moisture, they were getting cupped and things. They, were, they weren't savable. So they had to go and then we did all new subfloor. But in the process, I'm happy to say I did rip out my very last uh, Smoky Mountain um, jacuzzi tub, which in this house was in the kitchen, believe it wow. or not. Uh, it was between the kitchen and the bed, which the bed is in the living room. Uh, again, this is a little lovemaking machine. Uh, <laughs> one room, uh, you know, there's no modesty happening in this little tiny house. But uh, so I'm wrapping up those two rehabs right now. Um, and just to give anybody an idea, I mean, that those are pretty extreme examples. I mean, these are fairly large jobs that I'm doing here. I am putting, a, I'm, I'm replacing the, the, the tub's gone. I'm putting a washer dryer there. And now it's going to have a full size fridge. It used to have a tiny little, uh, like 30 inch fridge, I'm going to a 36 inch fridge and a full size stove, which is very exciting because it had one of those little teeny tiny dorm stoves. Um, but, you know, again, this is a pretty extreme example. This is a property I've owned for quite some time. It, it, it is paying for all of these rehabs itself. Uh, and the the equity is uh, ridiculous at this point on that property because again I've owned it for quite some time, um, and so I'm happy to do the rehab. It's like uh, I have little kids and I uh, we watched uh, what was it uh, Sing Matthew McConaughey the other night and uh, is it Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, and uh, and and he said uh, he said I'm going to sell enough tickets to to get the old girl painted, referring to his theater, you know. And uh, again, if you have kids, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, and that's what I feel like right now. Like these properties, they deserve it. They, they've earned it. And, and if you don't take care of them, it's like you said, they're going into war. They're going into battle, you know, for like nine, 10, 11 months a year. Um, and so you got to really, you got to keep them sexy and clean and shined up. Um, but any, any specific examples of what you've done this, this, uh, this year to uh, kitchens or, uh, you know, like, have you done any countertops or anything like that? The countertops and smoking is up in butcher block and uh, where the condos, we just put in forts. Uh, we put all new floors in. We did all new paint. Uh, we painted every single condo just fresh. Um, and we actually standardized all the colors as well. So I know we haven't talked about that, but standardizing as much as we can. So every condo has the same living room, bedroom, kitchen, bathrooms are all the same colors. So I only have, you know, four cans of paint now instead of 20. Um, and same thing in the, in the smokies. We're standardizing linens. Um, so we spent time inventorying what we have. Um, just as part of, you know, the, the deep clean process in the low season. So deep clean inventory, paint, floors, countertops. I think that was, the you know, and that was multiple times over and over again to try to get things ready and be happy for your season. Yeah, same here. Uh, the standardizing thing is huge. That I, I fell into that on accident in my long-term rentals, as a matter of fact, because I was uh, doing so many of them with the same guy. Um, he was getting annoyed and he was like, I can't keep track of these colors. And, and I didn't even think about it. I was just like, yeah, here, use this color, you know, and, because it was life is busy. You get busy. And, um, and so I fell in, in into it, uh, you know, just by accident, like, let's just use the same color on everything. Uh, and, and it was like, what, wait a minute, that sounds way too simple. Why, why would I, and I've actually struggled with that with my short terms a little bit, because um, this one, this one with the, the shower head issue, I'm putting the same vinyl in that one that I put in my my big Smoky Mountain house uh, recently because honestly because the the product was very nice product is very good looking high quality vinyl wasn't cheap um, but I said you know what those floors are kick ass I'm gonna use those again and it did cross my mind like 
you know, what happens if somebody's scrolling through my properties and they see that my floors are the same, they're going to be turned off that they're not like, you know, perfectly designed by Chip and Joanna or whatever. And I, and then I quickly snapped out of that. Nobody gives a crap. You know, somebody that's shopping for a house, they're not going to be shopping for a four bedroom and a zero bedroom. It's com two completely different set of eyeballs. I have this flooring, this flooring in four different cabins in my house. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah. If it, if it ain't broke, don't fix yeah. it. When I go there and stay there, I feel at home. I'm like, oh, I'm home. Yeah, that's true too. And you know, I, I I just I walk into one of my units and I automatically I know what the the Sherman Williams color number is. And there's usually at least like a half gallon laying in the closet. And even if there isn't, I, you know what? Let's say I'm going from uh from one town to the next. I can go to one of mine in the town I'm in now, grab a bucket of paint out of the closet, take it with me because it's going to be the same damn color. Uh, you know, simple, simple, simple is is really the way to go. Same countertops on everything. What about the butcher block? How, where are you getting that? And how, is it front, straight from uh, the box store? Or, uh... I'm not sure yet. I'm, okay. I'm, uh, it's happening in a week or two. So my guy's going to source it and make it happen. Yeah, yeah. I got oh, one guy that makes it himself. I think it's fairly easy to do, really. I don't know. He makes it seem like it's easy. I've never done it. But uh, okay, cool, man. So as far as uh, you're in both beach and mountain, when can, when can you expect uh, the bookings to start to flow in? Like, are you already getting booked for the season as far as uh, occupancy is concerned? How are you looking? So I keep my calendars open 12 months on a 12 month rolling basis. Um, it seems to work well for me. I have price, I use price lab for pricing. So we have a lot of super far out pricing premium um, tagged on there. So I don't mind keeping it open that long. If someone wants to book Christmas at, you know, three times the current normal rate, that's fine by me. Um, for the beach, we book spring break a year in advance. As soon as people get their spring break dates, they want to book their vacation because it, because it's so popular and it fills up so fast. So I've had spring break booked since last year and they're booked at good rates. So I can't, it's not like I could have held out and maybe got maybe a hundred more dollars or whatever. It's, it's, it's definitely um, price labs pricing is doing its job. And, and I know you guys talk about seasons. I have no seasons. I have one minimum rate. One you mean on price lab seasons. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not utilizing the seasons. Oh, and I, in some cases, I, I don't you know. I, I, I don't even have numbers. I just let Price Labs do its magic. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You leave the men, base, and max completely empty? Completely empty. All the time or just occasionally? All the time. It's, really? Uh, really. It's, just, it's like gambling. It's fun. <laughs> it's like wait, waking up in the morning and looking at the stock ticker. Yeah, it's fun. Go. Look at the booking. Look how much it was. Yay. <laughs> Wow, that's fascinating. These are condos that are booking a year in advance. Condos book a year in advance. I, the condos that have been in I base pricing on. It's, on the, some of the smaller cab, like two small cabins, um, I have zero. Just, I have blanks in price labs. Just I it was a test just to see what would happen. I'm not going to afford to play around with it. Um, um, but yeah, the condos book a year in advance in for spring break. So we're booked, and the snowbirds also rebook a year in advance. And the snowbird wants to come, they'll inquire back in November, December. Hey, I want to book for january of of the following year um do you have do you have availability and most of the time i don't because i have people that constantly just rebook over and over again so when they when they check in january 1 i'll have the january 1 through march already blocked for my snowbirds and then as they uh, are in their stay i'll ask them hey do you want to rebook for next year and you know 90 percent of the time they say yes so then i'll just send them a quote lock them to lock the rates in and get on and move on how many snowbird units are we talking 
So we have four condos, we have snowbirds in all 40 units. We have two to three repeat guests per season that come through. So they'll come for four to six weeks at a time. I have uh, an eight week guest that comes in the fall, which is great because that's low season. So at the beach, so she'll come, she'll come for four weeks in the fall and stay at a, at a nice rate. Um, so that condo is probably 50% booked with repeat guests. Same uh, person every year, pretty much. Yes, same people. I mean, it's usually a couple that's retired. Um, and they'll bring, they'll have like the friends rotate in, you know, one, a couple a week or have a different couple there with, with them for a week or not. Um, um, it's been a, it's been great. I love them. You know, they take great care of the place. They buy stuff and leave it there. Um, so when they're back the next year, it's there, you know, they, they, sometimes they bring their own linens. They sometimes they bring their own dishes because they, they, you know, they're used to what they want. So they, they're the best guests. I love having them and. They love coming. It's a win-win. Any nuances with preparing a condo for busy season as opposed to a single family? Not really, man. It's the same. Just make sure it's clean. Make sure it's deep clean. Make sure your inventory is there. Make sure the paint's freshened. Um, you know, the, the condos, they get beat a little more because they're smaller, I think. You have the people pack more people in. The sand gets everywhere. As yeah, you know. sand. Yeah, There's sand. Um, but other than that, it's just the motion's the same. You know, we have a we have two different cleaning teams in the, in the beach with four, across four units, so they back they back each other up, um, and um, they, that's what that's all they do is beach clean terms. So they they know what they're doing and they're very skilled at getting the sand off. Uh, do you have a sand system? Because every now and then I do get somebody that says, "Hey, there's sand in the house," you know, like the two little things in the corner or whatever. The sand. Now yeah. you also got to understand. Uh, we, you're, we're, we're talking to two Midwesterners here. Um, uh, Pavan and I could not be from more landlocked areas. He's from okay. Ohio. I'm from Nebraska. Uh, there's no, there's no freaking sand, right? So, um, this sand it does get under my skin a little bit, uh, for lack of a better way <laughs> to put it. I love the beach. Love the beach. We both moved to the beach from the Midwest. Uh, but dude, it gets everywhere. And every now and then a guest will say something. And, uh, and anyway, do you have any sort of sand system at all, or you just let it roll? Our biggest system is just people bringing toys into the condo constantly buckets and shovels and noodles. And we get rid of all of it. As soon as it comes in, we get rid of it. Even though people like having it, it's a nice amenity. Um, it holds onto the sand and the sand spreads all over the closet and all the floors. So um their biggest system is anything that can be a carrier or sand gets pitched no we don't keep umbrellas in the unit um a because they break and b because they have sand they're just covered with sand constantly so whatever can come into the condo that breaks sand with it we get rid of it coolers we do leave coolers but we make sure we wash them between guests well, that's probably the only thing that we actually do leave and boogie boards we'll leave those because people like them and they're kind of expensive it's interesting. I don't know that we've ever talked about this, but my system is the same. Of course, you've been doing beach way longer than I have. Mine are, are single family. I do have a townhouse, but so my the, at my house, the, the noodles and the, all that stuff never makes it into the unit, except for my townhouse has like a little entryway. It would never get up to the sleeping area, but um, same thing with me. Even though they're staying outside, these, these uh, floaties and all these boogie boards and all this stuff that people are bringing with them, I still try, I still ditch it because it just gets gross. It's like, you know, first of all, it's a used noodle. Lord knows, you know, I mean, who knows what gross stuff is going on there and people out in the ocean and, but uh, I just ditch it just because it's gross. Um, uh, so uh, interesting that they're bringing it into the unit. 
was a condo, so there's nowhere else to put it. So they bring yeah. it in, in the closet. And then and the other thing was we, we ripped out all the carpet. We actually had carpet in two of the condos. So the carpet was gone pretty quickly after we got in just because it holds the sand and just let it go. So it was just tile top, top floors. I think it's laminate in one of them. Um, the tile the tile holds up really well. Um, and then with the tile, you need the baseboards to tie it with the tile too. So it's, you can kick it and knock into it and there's no damage. All right, let's talk about like items uh, that you stock your unit with and 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 stuff that you change. And we'll still stick with the beach just because we're on the subject that is beach season. Um, and here's what I do. And I'll, I'll have you add to, to your system, uh, add your system to it. Um, wagons and chairs, uh, et cetera. Um, I do get a beach wagon. I'll just go to Amazon and Google uh, or search for a beach wagon um, is one way I'll do it. And and you got to get the ones with the really big wheels. Um, and uh, the, I, they're blue. I don't have a brand name off the top of my head, but I just started doing this about two seasons ago, supplying the wagon and the chairs. Um, and, uh, you know, nobody really says anything either way. Like they never really said anything before I had them. And they never really say anything now that I do have them. So I don't really even know if they're using them. Of course, my main big giant beach house is is a good two and a half blocks from the uh, water. Um, so maybe they're not dragging it down there. I don't really know. But I personally do feel better having them there. I want to know that my house is providing, I'm, pro- I'm providing a better product than anybody else. Um, so I do the beach wagon and I do the chairs. I get the Tommy Bahama chairs seem to be the way to go for everybody. You can get them at Costco, by the way, they they're on sale right now. They'll probably be on sale now until until high season. Uh, Thirty bucks a pop. The, the backpack chairs are what you're looking for. Are, are you do you agree with that? Is that what you're using? So we actually have our condo complex provides chairs on the beach for all guests. So um, there was a time a few years ago where they, they didn't have enough. So we had those Tommy Bahama chairs. Like I mean, you know, they have you have to replace them every year, right? Every year. Yeah. Um, now that we have enough chairs on the beach, we don't supply those. We don't supply umbrellas, like I talked about earlier. Um, people can rent them for 30 bucks. Uh, I think it's 60 bucks for the week. You can rent an umbrella, which is a nice, big, professional canvas umbrella that they drill a hole in and pop it in there so it's not going to fly away. So to be honest with you, all we, all we really provide is what people leave behind. Boogie boards, um, coolers. We'll, we'll definitely provide cooler. Um, in fact, I even took all the ice machines out of our, um, ice makers because we had a leak and that sucked. So I don't know, no ice maker that can, they can bring, they can buy ice. They can make ice in the ice tray. Um, we, we provide a nice place for them to live. So fully stocked kitchen, um, beach amenities wise. It's really, it's really minimal because you're at a condo anyway. So the chairs are there, the umbrellas are there. All they have to do is grab a cooler, throw the drinks, and walk down to the beach and, and, ha- and have a good time. We'll have turvis tumblers, right? So we have the turvis tumblers since they're made here in, in Sarasota. Um, What's a turvis? What is that? Um, like a Yeti? Like, like a Yeti, but like a clear one, yeah. Okay. Like double walled plastic. Double walled. I agree on the ice machines. I'm ice machine free uh, with the exception of maybe one property, my big my – big, uh, Maybe two properties. My my two biggest houses. I do have ice. Now the Smokies, uh, you, you got well water, so you yeah. you could end up with some orange ice cubes. You know, it's just not a good idea. So I'm ice ice uh, ice cube free, and plus again, it can cause leaks. It's just one more. I had this same. My my guys that are doing the one with the shower head uh, leak. He called me yesterday. He goes, did you know there's a ice machine supply uh, ice a water supply 
uh, for the ice machine in the crawl space? And I'm like, no. And I personally put that fridge uh, back in my had to do everything myself days. I took by myself, took the fridge off my truck, my Dodge, whatever it was, dragged it in there on a dolly, put it in the hole. Uh, and, and no, I had no idea there was an ice machine supply. And he's like, well, it's been leaking on this subfloor for how Lord knows how long. And I'm like, well, look, get rid of it. Uh, so, um, you know, I, it just goes to show you, you know, th- these things can cause problems, whether you know that it might, like, I didn't even know it was there, you know? So, uh, I agree with the umbrellas. They're always broken. They're always broken. I do have, I've got one house that has a pool, uh, private, you know, nice heated pool, the whole nine yards, uh, in Destin. And that one, I do supply the big, you know, low, I got to at Lowe's, Home Depot, the big pool ta- uh, umbrellas with the, with the crank. No, but even those, they break, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm over there replacing those things every, every six weeks or so. Um, and uh, it's just implied, you know, they're going to break. Uh, so I do my best to replace them before that happens. Because uh, if a guest shows up and they see a broken umbrella, you could have the nicest six million dollar house on the planet. That broken umbrella just completely deflated their, you know, their uh, vacation. So, um, other things that I do uh, that I do for for getting ready for busy season, I change my deadbolts. You know, I hear this all the time uh, where people are complaining uh, that the encode got water from the beach or, or you know humidity and it broke after a year and a half, and I'm never going to use an encode again. But uh, I mean, I. I'm not here to stick up for the encode. I understand if you don't like it or the encode, however you want to pronounce it, schleg, schlaggy, schlagy, or whatever. <laughs> um, but I do use those and I've used them all. I, mean, I remember when I first started, I was using the $90 quick set. Um, and then I, and then I switched to the schleg with the, uh, the, the deadbolt oh, wow. you could turn yourself. Remember yeah. those? Yeah. And the re- those things are, those ones are really cool because uh, the batteries last freaking forever. Because the only thing the battery does is allow you to turn the deadbolt. Uh, but anyway, I use the uh, encode, and and I and I even before I use the encode, I swap my beach deadbolts uh, every off season because I don't want to think about it. It's two hundred fifty bucks. I know I'm going into a heavy season with a brand new lock. I got some pretty good confidence that this thing's not going to bust. Um, and quite frankly, I get sick of people complaining about their deadbolts. It's like, dude, it's, it's $250 off of what? A hundred and I mean, this particular house that I'm talking about now, these houses are big, you know, 150 grand grocers. And it's just an expense for 250. It's worth the peace of mind. Right. Um, I heard that it supposed to hold up well in the beach. I, I, I'm using the Schlage lever locks at the beach. They tend to hold up. They still die oh, with the actual lever. Yeah. Oh, cool. FE99 or FE599. Yep. Yep. I have those on a bunch of closets. Yeah. I actually have those on an apartment building. Um, we had, I had an issue with, uh, <laughs> this is a, what you would call a tertiary market, very small town, not far from where I grew up. And uh, it's a 26 unit apartment building with four structures and they all have, they have, you know, separate uh, entrances and exits front and back of each building. And uh, they, they, none of them had uh, locks. And so we had an issue. It's right next to a middle school. Um, and we had an issue with some some kids. It looked to be, you know, fifth. I have, as a matter of fact, I have uh, cameras, uh, just like my short terms. I repeated my short term systems with my apartments. Um, and and we, we've tracked down that there were young kids running through the halls, like breaking stuff, punching holes in the sheetrock and things like that. And obviously, that's not good for keeping tenants around, good tenants. 
Um, so I put those little, those exact ones you're talking about, the Schleg lever locks on. I put brand new doors. This is an older building, you know, it's probably an 80s build and uh, maybe 90s. And, and I put the, the Schleg lever locks and now all the tenants have the code to the building and my teenage kids uh, breaking holes in the yeah. sheetrock are gone, you know? So um, pretty cool. Um, what else? Uh, I, I, uh, I pump my septics every year. I did not, uh, that's yes. new for me. That's new for me. I did not used to do that. And here's why uh, it's brand new. I had, can't make this stuff up if you try. I, I pumped, this is a house that I bought probably two years ago and I had this septic pumped uh, last summer. We're talking, I don't know, eight, nine months ago, not even. And uh, I had a guest message me the other day and she said that there's a backup, there's backing up. And it turns out her husband was a plumber. So he actually, it was, he was helpful. You know, he was like, I can't get this myself. You're going to need to send somebody over here, but they were understanding. Um, and big house, big four bedroom, 3000 square feet. And, uh, so I sent a plumber over and he goes, dude, your tank is completely full. And I'm like, how's that even possible? How's that possible? I just had this pumped in like July. And he's like, I don't know. He sent me a video, which is, you know, if there's any ladies listening, you don't want to see this video, but uh, it was all the way to the top, you know? And so as soon as that happened, this was like four days ago, I said, that's it. And I called and I have every one of my houses pumped uh, for the season. I'm going to do that every year now for 350 bucks. Again, for 350 bucks going to the season. Uh, have you had any septic issues or anything? I like have, that? Like I had the one at cabin we saw together. So at Eagles. We had something back we're, the, we're the OGs. Yep, that's right. That was the first one. Um, so I had three something backups this year. <laughs> so definitely doing them annually. What, what do you mean by that? It's, explain, like, you know, I mean, I, hopefully the wife's not listening, but she knows. I mean, she knows the drill. Yeah, that's what, what happened to you. That was backing up into the, into into the, the shower or uh... shower. Oh. So I had, I mean, like just like you bought guests with cool. I had a top septic that came out, you know, within a day or two and we were able to, to take care of it. So at, at first I tried, you know, plumber snaking, um, which fixed the problem for a day, but it was raining a lot um, and that was done. So I, I actually pumped every single septic tank two years ago, thinking I was good. And then I had three of them back up again this year. So that's on the list. Who would imagine two years, you right. know, I mean, even in a rental, everybody's, oh, it's a rental. It gets used hard. Yeah. I mean, that is true, but two years on a, on a, a 700 gallon tank. I mean, come on. I think what happened on mine, uh, because again, this is a show about management. So yes, this is gross, but it's part of the gig. Uh, I think what happened, mine, mine's actually got a thousand gallon tank, uh, which is usually they do that for five bedrooms. Plus is again in the Smokies. Uh, anything under five bedrooms is probably, I don't know, 750 or something like that. So this one's actually got a thousand gallon tank, which by the way, you can tell the difference between a, a 750 and a thousand because the, the, the lids are square on the bigger tanks. Okay. So, um, and I just found that out. I didn't know that, but I think okay. what happened was, is when I got it pumped last year, he, oh, you know, the, they have two lids, one for the solid side, one for the, the liquid side. Well, one that's going to only have liquids and the other side will have both, I believe. So um, I think what happened was is maybe they opened up the liquid side and drained that and left the solid side. I don't know. Or maybe they went to whatever, hell, maybe they went to the wrong house. I, I have no <laughs> idea. You know, somebody got a free pump out of me. <laughs> but uh, that's new for me. I, every February now, I am pumping all my septics for 300, I don't know, whatever it is, 350 these days, 400 bucks. It's because, uh, you know, if you don't do it 
you get yourself in a situation with a field line, then you're talking not only, you know, I mean, it's really not that. It could be three, four grand, not the end of the world. Probably, really, I mean, I hate this give numbers out there, but probably less than an HVAC really to fix that. But the amount of pain in the ass involved with a field line is, I mean, it's astronomical. You got to get the county involved and all this other stuff and paperwork and documents and, you know, time. Um, so no guests. You can't have guests in Wild Wild going on either. So you can't. No. And if God forbid it happens when there's a guest in there, you can guarantee that's a bad review. What else Definitely. am I doing? Uh, what else are you, you got anything else? I got a whole fire, list. Fire extinguishers. We'll oh, boom, dude. Um, I can hug you, please, with the fire extinguisher. What's your fire extinguisher system? You ship them to your cleaner? How do you do that? Drive and save on Amazon every annual subscription. So, yeah, they go straight to the cleaner and they're responsible for dropping them into the cabin. And the VAs know the schedule. So, they'll double check hey, did you did you uh, install the fire extinguisher? And then, yeah, and like, stick, put the old one somewhere else just to have it because it's probably still good. So leave the old one there, put the new one in, make sure there's two, at least two in every every cabin and every condo. What do you put, under the sink or? In the kitchen, yep. Yep, okay, great, beautiful. I got one. Um, I'll check your Roku's. I'm a Roku guy. Uh, I don't want to get deep into my TV system, but I'm, I'm cable free and I do the Roku stick with uh, guest mode. And those, you know, they actually do last, you know, like a... I, when I go into one of my units, if it's been three or four months or whatever that I've have been since I've been there, I'm pretty confident that it's going to be functioning properly. But you for sure need to change the batteries in the Roku remote and uh, it just make sure it's on the right input. I ditched the uh, the TV remote and used just the Roku. So, um, and then uh, we, use, so we're, we we cut the cord with no no landline, no no cable. We use Hulu you know, with a live subscription which is uh, limited by zip code, but I have that, I have a same Hulu live subscription for 28 cabins. So I'm paying for it. So you can still get live TV. Um, as you walk in the door, as you walk in the door, don't have to worry about logging into anything. Then you can bring your own Netflix, bring your own prime, yada, yada. But at right. least this way you can watch football. When you arrive, nothing to worry about. You have a problem with them like saying, uh, I can't figure out how to log in or do you have the cleaners well, check to make sure it's logged in? Uh, the VAs have the credentials. So if they say, hey, somebody logged out to Hulu, they'll just say, here's a password and it's easy. Interesting. Uh, I have not thought of that. I've always been BYO password. I'm a YouTube TV guy. Maybe it's not uh, that bad of an idea to just get a subscription for folks that uh, don't have their own. I'm just worried I'm going to have to teach them how to use it. You know, Hulu's unlimited, it's unlimited screens. So with YouTube TV, I think you have a three screen uh, limit. So I use, I use YouTube at home, but for the for the properties. Is it similar? Does it have like, you know, ESPN and all that? Yep. Full live TV, ESPN, all the network channels. Interesting. Cool. Um, 90 bucks a month and it's shared across, you know, 20 plus properties. What do you do for, uh, you know, like uh, sheets, towels, uh, cookware, et cetera. Do you replacing that every season or, or not? During the deep clean, we'll inspect. Um, what I, I use the same because standardization, same towels, same sheets, same pots and pans, same dishes. So we'll have like a spare set of dishes um, in this owner's closet. And if, it, if people break plates, break cups, coffee mugs, we can just pop it, pop them out, and replace them right away. Um, during deep clean time, I'll order an extra set or two. Um, we use the same towels. I have three sets of towels for three different cleaners. That way they know what they're getting. Um, and they, in the beach, we use white everything. In the mountains, we have color stuff. It's just, I think it's the well water is like good for white. 
So we, um, yeah, all the, everything is either, it's usually Amazon and Costco. I'm all Amazon all the time. And I have a spreadsheet for my stuff because I have no memory and it's, but it's the same thing you're doing. I, I, you know, it's again, uh, what, what did you call it? What's your, uh, uh, drive and save. No, no, but do you have the same color, paint color in every unit? What are you oh, calling standard, that? Standardization. Standardization. Thank you. Uh, Pavan's got a, a hell of an education and I, I do, I do not. I, Nebraska versus, uh, Ohio state is what that is. I think. Still okay. big Go big red. Uh, but anyway, um, so you did go to state Ohio state, didn't you? My son did. Oh, okay. Close enough. So, I spent a lot of money there. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, uh, I have a spreadsheet where, you know, all my, each cabin has a different color, not necessarily a different color. I do like to have like the Kings have the same color and the Queens have a different color. I feel like that, my cleaners have never said anything about that, but I feel like that helps when they're pulling them out there. They're like, oh, this is a King, you know, throw it in that pile or this is a Queen, throw it in that pile. It, help, it would help my brain if I was the cleaner. So I do stuff like that. But, um, you know, I don't know that I necessarily do a whole new set of towels uh, and sheets and cookware, et cetera, every season. Probably not a bad idea just to get it out of the way and standardize it again, maybe first of the year or second, you know, February, second month of the year, uh, because it's going to, it's coming anyway. I mean, it's coming. They're getting used and, and that's good. You know, if you're not, here's another thing. If you're not replacing your cookware, you're not, you're not making money because that means that nobody's using it, you know, and it means nobody's booking your house. So why, why would you, if you're sitting around complaining about having to replace this stuff, that means that your business is not successful, right? So yeah. um, quilts, you know, that's, an, that's a good thing to have around for, for the season coming up because that's something that cleaners maybe are not going to clean every time. And um, you know, let's say they show up and, and they got a nasty, quilt and they didn't have you know maybe have an extra one in the closet kind of thing is not a bad idea well some blankets too we have the same blankets same quilts for every property yeah that's great uh send me your quilt link i'm sick of oh, sick of looking okay, okay walmart. Cool. Yeah. walmart that works well okay great well what else uh anything else to, to get us ready for the season as far as uh, what about psychologically uh here's something i can i'm concerned with um i have a new va helping with the messages uh, new as of uh, last slowdown. So, you know, like October maybe. Uh, and I am a little worried that she thinks that uh, what we've got going on in, uh, you know, up until now was normal. Right. And then all of a sudden her job's going to get two to three times more, you know, busier. I don't want to say harder, but busier. Um, any, any, uh, any, any tips there for being prepared, you know, just for the, uh, the amount of the amount of work. Fortunately, my team has been with me for two years now, so they've been through high, low, they've been through disasters. Um, we have templates for everything, right? So how to respond to refund requests, how to respond to power outages, how to, how to respond to, I can't get up the hill because it's wet or because it's icy. Um, so they've been, fortunately, they've been through the entire gamut um, of a full year, so they know what to do. I think the best thing to tell your team is, hey, it's coming. Uh, people will be more demanding. I think your Carolina guy in your last podcast mentioned he's happy to get four-star reviews and he charges a ton of money. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. that's funny. It's an interesting perspective. Like, what do I care what, you know, if I'm making dough, who cares, you know? So, I mean, my guy, we still want five stars. And we, I think we're, I think we've hosted 10,000 stays and our average is 4.93, I think. 4.94, something like that over that. Um, so I definitely want to, you know, strive for five. 
and our, our well, team. Let's talk about that for reviews here uh, as high season comes. I mean, because, uh, you know, that's, you know, <laughs> it's no small feat. I mean, you're you're probably one of the bigger hosts with, well, with your own properties anyway in the, in the country. You got to be. So uh, 4.93 out of 10,000. I mean, that's absolutely uh, unheard of. You know, I think I'm sitting at like uh, four point, uh, a little lower than that, eight, nine, maybe. Uh, I think it's just barely got an eight in front of it, which breaks my heart. But uh, <laughs> how do you do it? I mean, how do you, do, when the bad review comes in, how do you, how do you handle it emotionally? Sometimes I get like, you know, like I'm throwing stuff against the wall. Like, how dare you not understand that my house is better than everybody else's? First of all, I don't get that invested as you do. In that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do respond to every review. Um, I, in fact, Tracy does that. That's her one of her roles um, because she's nicer than I am to people about that stuff. So, like you and I, I think respond very similarly to some instances. But she um, is nice to the guests. She responds very professionally. Um, we um, always follow up on a bad review to find out why. Um, you know, Airbnb you have the subcategories. So I told the VAs, follow up on everyone except for value. Like people will think it's on value. You can't ask them why it wasn't worth the value. But if there's anything else, cleaning, location, accuracy, check-in, follow up. Like wh why did they give us a lower rating on that? Unless it's already spelled out in their text of the review. And then we try to address that for the future guests. And then we'll address it in the feed, in the in the reply back as well. So, um, you know, we cater to small, small groups. So there's less people to bitch. Yeah. With a group of 10 one person's not happy, then, then you know, that might affect your review as well. So I think having smaller properties um, lends itself to, you know, they're, they're in there, they're having a great time, like you said, um, they're on their honeymoon. So it's it's got to be really bad for them to, to leave a shitty review. Yeah, yeah. And just along those lines, you know, you got a, you got a house with 12 people in it. Um, let's go with 10 because it's an even number. Or, well, 12 is even too, but you know what I mean? So let's go with 10 people. You know, you got a pretty good chance that eight or nine of those people, uh, up to eight or seven or eight or nine of those people, have no idea what this house looks like, uh, yeah. what where they're going to be sleeping in this home, uh, you know, uh, how the shower works and all that stuff. Uh, the person that booked it did a little research, and they know what they're getting themselves into. But everybody else is just kind of running into this thing blind, which is a, a it's a great recipe for a bad review, because they show up and they're like, "This is not what." I, their expectations are Lord knows where way over in left field and they show up and then reality can never contend with their expectations. So I, that's for me, that's where a guidebook comes in handy because you can, you're, you're the person who booked it can share it with the other people, but are they actually going to really do that? Uh, who knows? It'd be beneficial if they did, but you make an excellent point when you got nine, eight, nine people in there that have no idea what they're coming to. There's a pretty good chance that two or three of them are going to bitch and say, uh, you know, I, I, I probably would have picked a different house. And then that person who booked is going to say, well, my friend wasn't impressed three stars, you know, and it's, it's really nobody's fault. It's all just kind of a psychological thing. If there was a way to, you know, prevent that other than a guidebook, that would be cool. But, you know, and, I, and then I think we're getting to the point where we're asking too much of people. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, just a vacation. It's not that big a deal. We can't sit each one of these people down and like interview them to make sure that they're <laughs> not going to leave a bad review, you know? So, um, okay, cool. All right. Well, listen, you've said it all. Anything in much. closing? You're the one, you're the goat. I mean, you're one of the greatest of all time. We've grown this thing together. You had three, I think when I met you, I had yeah. two when we met. 
Um, and it's been a, it's been a, a quite the love affair. Um, and it's been wonderful to see you grow. And I, at some point I do, I do hope to get you into a, an apartment building or a, maybe a duplex. You know, you used to have duplex. I had, I had duplexes. I had, I had buildings. I had a fourplex, a duplex, single family home. I sold all that. So yeah. I, wanted the capital. I wanted the capital for better returns and more work. But, uh... More work. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Um, had you kept those, you'd still be a happy man, but the, uh, yeah, you had a system cooking there is what it was. You know, you, you were, now you're firing on all cylinders and at a certain point, maybe you'll say, maybe, 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 maybe I'm still hopeful that I can talk you going back into some sort of a long-term situation. Um, but, uh, but anyway, man, it's a, it's a pleasure. It's an honor. Was fun. Uh, anything to say on your way out? I mean, to people, just be patient. You said it before. It's, it's, it's a get rich slow. Um, enjoy the journey. It's fun. It's fun being in hospitality business. You know, that's really at the end of the day what we're doing. And it's fun letting people be on vacation. Like I love, I love reading the good reviews, which most of them are. Like we had a great time. Like yes, we we got engaged on the deck. That's awesome. Like always makes me feel good. And then then, then that the bad reviews come in. I don't get as as upset because we get so many good ones. So stay right. focused and positive. Um, there's always bumps in the road. You can't stress about it. It's fun. It's a fun business. I really, I really do enjoy it. Yeah, we're you know you and I we come from the rock and roll world where it's all about having a good time and uh, and really that's what we're doing here is we're showing these folks a good time with their hard earned money and we love our guests. We do. We absolutely we can't do it without them. So shout out to the guests and we hope everybody has a lucrative and uh, memory filled fantastic 2023 season. Uh, so uh, long here, Luke, Cashflow Carl, on my way out, I just want to say don't overthink. Don't overthink it, man. Let it rip and have a great season. On your roll.